Good evening, I'm Christian Esguera, and welcome to this episode of After the Fact, where we get to see things more clearly, where we get a better sense of the truth. Let's begin by dissecting the news. On the eve of the filing of the Certificates of Candidacy, and of a coalition of opposition groups known as Isambayan has endorsed Vice President Len Robredo as its presidential candidate in 2022. The goal, of course, is to beat President Duterte's candidate and the son of the late dictator Ferdinand Marcos. But while Robredo thanked Isambayan for picking her, she made it clear that deciding to run for president shouldn't be based on one's ambition or the prodding of others. Instead, she asked her supporters to join her in prayer in the next few days that whatever her decision would be, would be for the best of the country. In the latest Post Asia survey, Robredo was tied for third place behind frontrunner Sara Duterte and Bombo Marcos, Isco Moreno and Manny Pacquiao, who were tied at second place. Tonight, we'll break down the survey results and Isambayan's nomination of Vice President Len Robredo. Now, be part of our discussion. Send us your questions and comments on our YouTube live chat or tweet us using the hashtag ANC After the Fact. Joining us tonight is Professor Julio Tijanqui. He's a former dean of the De La Salle University College of Liberal Arts. He's also the author of the study, Clientelism and Party Politics in the Philippines. Good evening, Dean Tijanqui, and thank you for joining us again on the program. Good evening, Christian. It's good to be back. Okay, let's start with this uh, nomination by Isambayan of Vice President Leonardo Robredo. Um, as its presidential candidate in the 2022 elections. Uh, were you even surprised by this? And uh, from the perspective of the ability to win, is this uh, a wise decision by Isambayan? Oh, well, it, it was a foregone conclusion. No? Uh, there wasn't any doubt to begin with. No? It was uh, quite apparent from the very beginning that uh, Isambayan had only one candidate in mind, no? and that's Vice President uh, Lenny Robredo. Their entire selection process, uh, to my mind, was a form of backward engineering. No? They already have a candidate, and then they work backwards to legitimize their choice. No? So, I, well, I wish them luck. No? Uh, because uh, in my sense, no, VP Lenny was sincere and smart in seeking the broadest possible coalition of non-administration political forces. No? And... Mind you, they are up against a very formidable administration machinery you know, with a strong undeclared candidate and a resurgent Marcos. No? Uh, what we're seeing here is uh, a rise no, of an anti-EDSA coalition no? uh, composed of a Duterte-Marcos or a Marcos-Duterte alliance. No? Uh, in 2016, there was an alliance between these two political dynasties but this was an informal alliance. So, so VP Lenny, no, should she accept no, the nomination of Sambayan, uh, is really up for a, a very difficult fight. No? Uh, so that's the reason why I think, no, uh, uh, to be fair to uh, Vice President Lenny, no, she's been working so hard to really broaden uh, the base of the uh, non-administration uh, candidates. No? Okay. So I think, uh, you know, instead of following the lead of VP Lenny, there are some theorists no? or hardliners within Sambayan, uh, you know, who took a hardline stance and started pouncing on Manny Pacquiao and Isco Moreno. No? That's no way to build a coalition. No? So uh, in the game of elections, no? in the game of uh, electoral politics, no? uh, the first 
move is trying to know your core base and then trying to add to that core base. Okay. In this case, can, can you elaborate on the so-called uh, Duterte-Marcos Alliance, which is part of what you call a, an anti-EDSA coalition? EDSA coalition. No? Is, that so even relevant? See... is that even relevant in the 2022 campaign? It's not relevant to the ordinary voters, no? but it's relevant to the entire political trajectory of, uh, of the country in the post-1986 era. No? Because uh, the EDSA People Power Revolution established uh, what, we, what we have right now, no? the so-called EDSA regime. And the resurgence of the Marcoses, no? if uh, Bongbong Marcos declares, and if he runs, and if he wins, this is the capstone no? to this gradual uh, uh, rehabilitation of the Marcoses. No? And uh, you know, the entire EDSA revolution, no? the EDSA narrative, would have been repudiated by the very son of the dictator that was ousted in 1986. No? And together with the other counter-EDSA narrative, that of the Duterte narrative, no, uh, we are seeing a big challenge no, to the future of this country. Okay, so if you are a Sambayan and assuming that Vice President Lenny Robredo accepts the nomination, what would it take for her to topple those presumed Frontrunners, the Duterte's candidate, and perhaps uh, Bongbo Marcos. Okay, the way to play it smart really is to know, to have some introspection no, of what you your your electoral base uh, would, where your electoral, where where your votes would come, no, to begin with. No, so uh, since uh, most of the hardliners within some Bayan uh, apparently do not believe in surveys. So let's look at their track record. No? Uh, it's not a one-to-one -one correspondence, but if we assume that the base would come from the same constituencies they that voted for the uh, Liberal Party in 2016 and those that voted in uh, uh, 2019 for Ocho Derecho, uh, Maro has got a total of between uh, nine, 9 million. No? Uh, plus votes in uh, 2016, and VP Lenny got 14 million. No, mm. so their base in 2016 was between nine to 14 million. No, so uh, granted that this is your base, the objective really is to add, to keep this base and to add to it. No, and 2019, uh, which is a senatorial election, the total votes for Ocho Derecho was 50 million. But this was uh, a small number compared to the administration's 200 million. So what the question is, where will they get the votes into 2022? No? Uh, if they will depend on the same group no, that supported uh, the LP in 2016 and the same group that supported uh, uh, Ocho Derecho in 2019, it would be difficult for them to get the vote. So what is needed really is for them to reach out to uh, non-administration no? non candidates and coalitions. Okay, thus the effort to unify the, the so-called opposition forces or and to be more exact, non-administration. Precisely. Okay. Because... Uh, you know, last time we, we talked, no, you asked me what the opposition is. No? 
what we have really is the traditional opposition, no? which used to be the administration that was defeated in 2016 and mounted a, a challenge in 2019 but failed. No? Mm. They are the traditional opposition. But as I've said, no, we are already looking at the next administration and uh, the alignment of political forces are changing and there are emergent uh, opposition forces or non-administration forces which might have collaborated, supported, or been identified with uh, this administration, but they have uh, already distanced themselves. But, no? but, 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 but is, it, is it even wise to frame the, the, the proposition in the context of the administration and opposition when in fact, if you talk about the different political characters or personalities who are not part of the administration anymore, each of them have has his own claim for a possible, uh, for a better chance of winning, perceived to be a better Precisely. chance of winning. For example, si Isko Moreno, tapos right. si Senator Manny Pacquiao. Precisely. And uh, that's the reason why uh, I think, no, uh, one of the, again, weaknesses of the opposition for the past five years is that uh, I think uh, they have been stuck with the same narrative. No? They have been stuck with the same <laughs> message, no? uh, which is really to blame Marcos, to blame Duterte, no? and to attack both Marcos and Duterte. But apparently, uh, and this is born out of uh, focus group discussions, no? uh, the ordinary voter or the ordinary uh, 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 constituent no? is no longer uh, enthralled with this kind of narrative, no? yung us against them, uh, Marcos, Aquino, or Duterte. No? I think in these uh, trying times, no, the voters are looking for uh, a more aspirational or mo more calming no? narrative rather than the usual attack mode of the opposition. So in, in effect, no, I think uh, the key here and what would be a major uh, 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 arena no, for uh, next year's uh, election would be the candidate that would be able to change the narrative. It's no longer about Duterte or Marcos or Aquino. No? It's about where do you want to see uh, the country moving forward. How plausible is that uh, uh, proposition of yours? Because uh, I remember in 2010, the anti-Gloria narrative was very, very pronounced. And that right. helped uh, the late Benigno Aquino III win. In the 2007 right. midterm elections, basically, repudiation vote in favor right. of uh, Sonny Trillanes. Yes. Uh, against uh, Gloria Macapagal Arroyo. But with everything that has been happening since, since 2016... But the difference, Christian, uh, you have to recall, is that Gloria was the most unpopular post-Marcos president. And this guy you know? is very popular still. And this guy is very popular. So it's a different scenario altogether. No, uh, Back then, it was easy. And even with the most unpopular president, she was able to hold on to power. Hmm. No. So uh, that's the difference, diba? So, yun. Okay. Now, let's talk about the, the results of the latest uh, Pulse Asia survey. So basically, uh, leading the pack is uh, Davao City Mayor Rosario Duterte Precisely. for president. But is this a safe uh, position at this stage? Uh, which Again, is many months before the campaign, before the actual campaign starts and before the elections? 20. Oh, yeah. Of course. Uh, 
well, presidential elections in the Philippines is not a sprint, it's a marathon, no? And, you know, I always compare it to a three-act play. No? Uh, we're only in the first act, no? Uh, we're just only seeing the, uh, the, the, the cast of characters, no? And uh, if we look at the history of post-Marcos, uh, post-EDSA elections in the Philippines uh, in terms of the presidency, those who were ahead, no, initially, especially at the uh, the first stage, no, which is uh, prior to filing the, their official candidacy, are not usually the ones who would end up on top at the uh, last last few stages of the election. Is she picking too early? Uh, it's possible, no, uh, because uh, we must understand that her popularity is also a reflection of the popularity of the father. Okay, but of course, uh, she hasn't declared yet, right? Yes. So a lot of things can uh, can still happen and affect her standing, right? Yes, I think this is a part of the residual uh, of the popularity of the president himself. No, So this is being reflected to the daughter. So uh, despite the fact that uh, you know, she, she haven't uh, declared uh, formally and and what do we know about uh, Sara Duterte, Duterte no? to begin with? No? So, diba? so wala namang compelling na na kwento no or story no na and yet she's up there no so i think the only perhaps <laughs> naalala nga ng tao sa kanya nung may sinapak siyang sheriff diba so uh, other than that ano diba okay and then how, how do you explain this basically she lost eight, uh, eight points overall so from 28% in the June survey, okay. in September, 20%. Tapos sa Mindanao, 15% ang binaba niya. Hmm. Kasi nga, uh, well, again, it was born out of the, the internal family drama. No? So uh, there was some hesitancy. So hindi, it, tend, uh, you know, it, it might have confused their base no? whether she's going to run or not. No? So, uh, you know, that entire drama behind uh, Duterte, Duterte, no? So that's one. Second, Bongbong, uh, bong, Marcos is uh, taking away votes from her in uh, violence of Luzon and uh, is in Metro Manila, no? And the same goes for Isco. No? So both Bongbong uh, bong and Isco are siphoning off votes from her. In the Visayas and Mindanao, Manny Pacquiao is doing the same. So uh, that's the reason why... Uh, uh, her numbers dropped by a, steeply by 8%. And uh, the, the next three uh, gentlemen candidates uh, after her, uh, we see an, a statistical tie. No? So uh, at this point, the race is tightening no? uh, to these four candidates so far. But about, of course, this is just the beginning. No? Yeah, uh, but how about vice, not the end. Yeah, but how about Vice President Len Robredo? Uh, 8%. Okay. Uh, uh, her numbers have uh, the average between seven to nine, no? All Twenty-seven, six, eight. Ano lang, basically seven. steady. Steady lang, no? Oh. Eh, that's a decent number to begin with, no? Uh, she hasn't declared yet, no? Uh, now with the Sambayan uh, uh, nomination, and if she accepts, no, this might give her some boost. And uh, it's going to be a, an uphill climb, no? Uh, some... some uh, 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 members of Sambayan are saying that no, she, she's not uh, new to this kind of uh, elect electoral fight because in the past uh, that's 
that's what she did no uh, mm. but there's a difference no in 2016 she was the administration candidate no mm. so it was possible to really uh win that no uh vice presidency but now uh it's going to be a big challenge on her part and sambayan and all those who support her uh will really need to work extra hard to make it happen would she have better chances of winning the presidency if both Sara Duterte and Bongbong Marcos run along of course with Isko Moreno and Manny Pacquiao uh again no it's it's uh it depends on the calculus of the major political players no uh as i've said no if you frame this as the the for the administ- uh, for the opposition if you frame this as the threat of the rise of an anti-edsa coalition then that should be the cue for sambayan and the supporters of vice president lenny to further reach out and broaden their base uh, mm. so that's what i'm saying no so it should trigger uh, a more concerted effort no of course time is running out uh, uh, by next week no uh, once they uh, but then again no hope springs eternal no uh, they might they must continue negotiating in order to uh, to achieve whatever they want to achieve okay dean julio tehanki thank you very much for joining us tonight thank on you. the program Thank you. We're taking a short break after the fact will be right back. <laughs> 